Hey, everybody. <laughs> Glad you've joined us for episode number five of the Short Staff Podcast. I have been criticized on this episode of opening up each one with well, well, well. well, well. well. <laughs> so much of our discussion as we are coming on has been to uh, a different intro. So Mix it heavy, up a Mix it up. heavy criticism of um, well, well, well. of old Chad here. So <laughs> Good to be joined with uh, Tony and TJ. Pastors here at Broadway, and um, looking forward to our time together in this uh, episode as we continue our discussion of characteristics of the church, looking at the ordinance of baptism, and uh, what a significant um, the significance of baptism in the local church um, is uh, is awesome. And so either we were talking in staff meeting this morning. Um, TJ went off on us. I think, was it a dream I got, I you had? A, I did was, not have a dream, though. No. I think it was a dream or a vision you had. No, uh, but GK, G.K. Bill's lectures yeah, Anytime you listen that, to G.K. Yeah. Bill lectures, yeah. you'll probably have dreams and visions. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, there, there's, uh, there's a lot uh, that, we, that we still are, are it's learning. It's like a whale. It's a deep subject. Mm-hmm. It is a deep subject. <laughs> <laughs> we can always, I forgot to hit there. There we go. Thank you, Pastor Tony. Well, <clears throat> thinking about baptism try to stay on topic here in this episode. Let's define baptism. So, Tony, what do you, what do you got for us in defining baptism? Well. 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 <laughs> don't well, use that word. Well, you, well, well. I do use it three times. Yeah. Uh, baptism, you know, when we, when we think about baptism, um, it's, it's really going back to the Greek word, uh, baptizo, which means to plunge or to dip. Um, when uh, when you think about the biblical um, mandate throughout Scripture, God has given a baptism and has commanded baptism uh, to be the the initiatory sign of, that we're the new covenant people. Mm-hmm. Um, it it, uh, it flows throughout uh, the gospel. It uh, it's very important when we think about baptism biblically uh, that that we understand the difference between. Um, Baptismal regeneration, we, we do not hold that baptism uh, grants saving merit. Um, it's not a sacrament in that form, uh, even though, you know, I was, I was going back and looking at some of the, uh, the older writings, uh, the Westminster Confession uses sacrament, mm-hmm. um, but it's not using it in the same way as the Catholic Church. It's not, we're not believing that baptism saved or that it gave saving merit, <clears throat> but um, but rather it was a sign given by God. Uh, and I, I think, as I've been thinking about it this past week, we put all the emphasis in baptism upon what, what, what we're doing, you know, mm-hmm. as the believer. And we miss out on the fact that it's something that God does uh, to the believer yes. as he places us in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we submit to baptism, but it, it is, again, a sign that is given, and um, when you think about uh, some of the older confessions of faith, uh, the Westminster Confession of 1647 said, Baptism is a sacrament of the New Testament ordained by Jesus Christ, not only for the solemn admission of the party baptized into the visible church, but also to be unto him a sign and a seal of the covenant of grace, of his being engrafted into Christ of regeneration, of remission of sins, and of his giving up unto God through Jesus Christ to walk in the newness of life, which sacrament is uh, by 
Christ's own appointment to be continued in his church until the end of the world. And um, again, you know, people get bogged down, they use the word sacrament, That's, but they're not talking about the same thing as, um, as saving merit. But how significant that you see here both the believer submitting uh, to baptism, but God, again, being the one engrafting them into uh, the body. And in, in the London Baptist Confession of 1689, it said, baptism is an ordinance of the New Testament ordained by Jesus Christ to be unto the party baptized, a sign of his fellowship with him in his death and resurrection, of his being, here it is again, engrafted into him of the remission of sins and giving up into God through Jesus Christ to live and walk in newness of life. Uh, those who actually profess repentance toward God, faith and obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ, are the only proper subjects of this ordinance. Amen. And uh, so there again you get the order in Scripture is always believe and be baptized. Yes. You know, that's very important. And uh, I'll just share, you know, from Romans 6, it's, it's Paul uh, sharing about the significance here of baptism and how it places us both in Christ, but also it is symbolic of the gospel. You know, I think, Pastor Zed, you refer a lot of times to the two dramas that are given to the church. Mm -hmm. And when you look at, at baptism and the Lord's Supper. I didn't come up with yeah, that, though. Well, but, yeah, I okay, was giving you some credit. Sure. Yeah, I think it goes a little beyond you. But um, but, the, but those divine dramas that are given, mm -hmm. you know, picture for us the gospel. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so when, when Paul is writing to uh, the church at Rome, he says, therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. And, um, and so when we think about baptism, a lot of times we just think about it, it being a, almost like a personal testimony. The person's uniting with the church. He's making uh, an identification statement. Um, but there's a lot more going on Amen. than just a personal testimony. Now, yes, it is a personal, and it is to be a witness. Mm -hmm. But, man, spiritually... We're being engrafted in and being baptized into the body. And, I mean, there's just uh, God putting his sign and his seal upon this. Uh, and that's why baptism must be taken very serious. You know, it's not a small issue. That's right. Um, yeah. Uh, theologically, I, I love what you said there, baptism, because that's where I'm going to go with this. Baptism is a sign of the new covenant. Yeah. You have the covenant... And then you have the sign of the covenant. Right. Uh, Augustine of Hippo drew that distinction because there are a lot of people who get that confused. It, from the very early church days, the second century, uh, you see evidence of Christians confusing the sign, right. which is baptism, and the reality, reality, which is our being engrafted into Christ. Yeah. Um, but sign of the new covenant, to understand baptism, you must understand it covenantally. Because there are predecessors to it in the former covenants, sure. um, but now we're in a new covenant, and so we have a new sign. So uh, 
let's talk about the covenant of Noah. So God makes a covenant with Noah and all humanity that he will you know, bless the earth. And, and yeah, there are uh, covenant stipulations that are placed found, upon Noah. Where in the Bible for our listeners? That so may we're not talking be. about Genesis, Genesis 6. 6 through 9. Absolutely. And uh, it's a recapitulation of Ooh. the covenant God made with Adam. You, know, you have the exact same uh, language, be fruitful and multiply, and a lot of new creation themes there. Mm-hmm. But God makes a covenant, and uh, he says, I will not destroy the earth with flood waters again. He gives a sign. And he gives a sign. And now the sign is not the covenant. The sign is a rainbow. Yeah. And it's a weapon of war, and it's pointed towards God. It's God holding himself accountable for his promises. His war bow. Yep. And so... There's Which has this, been hijacked in today's culture. Yes, it has been. Sad. Yeah. It, it's very sad. Well, it's, yeah. It's but our, It's our fallenness. Yeah, absolutely. So there's the Noahic covenant and its sign. The Mosaic covenant, the covenant that God makes first with Abraham, but then Abraham's descendants, Israel. And you've got the, the promises, uh, one to Abraham and his family, that they will be a nation and that they're going to inherit land, and they're going to be a blessing to the nations. Um, and then with the people of Israel, uh, which is a fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant, and, and he makes, God makes further promises, but you have the covenant, and then you have the sign. And the sign is circumcision, yeah. mm-hmm. which marks you as a member of the covenant community. Right. So if you were someone who identified with the nation of Israel, uh, with uh, the lineage of Abraham, you would identify as being a member of that old covenant community by partaking of the sign of circumcision. Well, for males, right? And uh, so now we're into a new covenant um, established uh, through Christ and in Christ. And God has made promises to us in Christ, union uh, with God and reconciliation, forgiveness of sins, actual saving us from our sins finally and fully and being part of the new creation in its truest sense. All of that is part of the covenant that Jesus, when he drinks the cup at the Last Supper, this is the new covenant established in my blood, poured out for you. And the sign that Christ gives us and command, <clears throat> excuse me, commands us to give to those who come to faith is baptism. Mm-hmm. And so it's important that we understand that the reality comes first and then the sign comes Next, now there are a couple uh, false views, one of them that you alluded to, um, baptismal regeneration. Mm -hmm. If you understand uh, baptism within its historical, canonical, covenantal context, then baptismal regeneration makes no sense because it puts baptism before Before the reality uh, when it's a sign that you are part of the new covenant community. We see that played out in in church. I mean, absolutely. uh, how many of us? You know, I'm it's myself. Washed, I washed made, away my sins. Yeah, I, I yeah. made a profession of faith. It wasn't true. I got baptized, and I thought I was good. Mm. And uh, it wasn't until 21, you know, God convicted me of my sins, and uh, I trusted Christ, and I knew I needed to be baptized again because the order was wrong. Right? right? Yeah, you got to get the cart behind the right. horse. That's right. Yeah. Well, I, and I think when you're talking about the the sign of the old covenant circumcision um we get we sometimes get confused when we when we look at the similarities there there's continuity but there's a lot of discontinuity right i'm going to get into pedo baptism too oh well but 
First, you can't confuse the sign and the reality. That will lead you to baptismal regeneration where people believe that baptism is saving Saving. or it washes away your sins. Then you get into the other view, which is pedo-baptism, the baptizing of infants. And what's really ironic is those who advocate that within evangelicalism, so outside of Catholicism, they have their own reasons why they practice right. that. Right. Most of them justify those who are who are Bible believers justify yeah. it. They're from brothers a, in Christ. Absolutely, they they justify yeah. it from a covenant theology perspective, and yeah. they see. Here's the error in that: is they see uh, the sign of the old covenant, circumcision. Well, circumcision was given to Physical infants, sign. right? Right. Um, but when they look at the the sign of the new covenant, okay, well, it's exactly the same. Well, there's, there is not 100% a continuity between the Old and New Covenant. In fact, there is probably more discontinuity, yeah. as Jeremiah, Pastor Zad, you're going to read yeah. that in a minute, as Jeremiah says. The main one from Jeremiah 31, and we talked about Easy. this in our Easy. second. Don't take Oh, man, sorry. sorry Jeremiah sorry. 31. I'm not going to get it. Go I'm going to reel good. back. You're I'm not going to take Go your ahead. passage. <laughs> uh, it's it, not mine. Is that what <laughs> is different about the New Covenant community is we're not a mixed body of believers and non-believers. Mm-hmm. It's only believers. There's no Jew or Gentile. So you're in Christ, you're in the new covenant. Right. And therefore, it is very inappropriate to give the sign of the new covenant to, to someone who's not in the new covenant. Right. Right. And that's why we believe in a regenerate membership. We believe in uh, sitting down and getting to know someone's testimony. Right. We, we want to hear of what... You, the work of God in of, your life. Of God yeah. saving you. Yeah. Or we're right. inappropriately giving the covenant sign to someone yeah. who's not a covenant member. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, well, but our brothers would argue that many times we do end up right. giving the sign to people who later have made a false profession. But there's but a, that's not the intent. Right. There's the, a difference between prescription and description. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what the Bible prescribes right. of us and right. what we will inevitably do because of our own limitations. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now that is one facet. I've been, uh, and I'm indebted to uh, uh, one of, probably the best, if not one of the top three best New Testament scholars of our day, G.K. Beale, and uh, his biblical theology, just unveiling how even that fits in with the larger uh, storyline of Scripture where God is bringing mankind back to the garden. So you're um, not going to go off on that again, are you? I am. Sorry. Well, we don't have time. <laughs> we for do that. too. We do too. It's really rich. <clears throat> it's good stuff. So when Jesus comes, Beal's really easy minutes. to read too. No, he's not. He's not easy to read. <laughs> uh, that's to why I'm listening to, to his <laughs> lectures and not reading his book. Um, but Jesus comes to John and requests to be baptized, and John thinks it's very inappropriate for him to do right. so. He said, who am I to baptize you? Absolutely. I ought to be baptized by yeah, you. Matthew. Jesus yeah. says, permit this for now in or- because it's necessary to fulfill all righteousness. Right. Well, Jesus is already righteous, right? He, he doesn't need a cleansing from sin. Well, again, that's not the point of baptism. What is Jesus talking about? Well, in 1 Peter 3... But in Judaism, it would, it would have been... They would have that. understood it as that. So they're yeah. understanding it as a right within yeah. like a getting a Gentile. Yeah. One, to, that's how you get a Gentile into uh, the Judaism, the Judaism yeah. of, in that day. And so they're kind of thinking in, Jew, in Jewish categories. But um, the New Testament authors are going to help us rethink that. First Peter 3, Peter's talking about the Noahic flood. 
that Noah and his family were saved through the baptism of the flood. Well, Noah was declared righteous a chapter before the flood, Mm -hmm. right? And so just like Christ, he's righteous before passing through the waters, Mm -hmm. and you have that passing into new creation, okay? Then the people of Israel, Paul will say in 1 Corinthians 10 that what they did in going through the waters of the Red Sea, they were baptized into Moses. Mm -hmm. In the plagues of Egypt, you have decreation. You have the land of Egypt returning to a void like is what is at the beginning of the creation narrative. So now that you have decreation, they're able to be created as a new type of a new creation people of God. So they, they are passing through the waters. Then Joshua leads the people from the wilderness and into the promised land. Again, you see the Jordan River part, they pass through the waters. Now, what is so significant about that is that just as Adam was created in the wilderness, then placed into the garden, so the promised land is spoken of throughout the Old Testament as being the garden of God, being Eden, and it's spoken of in Edenic terms, and so they go from the wilderness through baptism into uh, the garden. Now, these are all just types, pictures, foreshadowings of what God is going to do fully and finally and truly in Christ in bringing mankind back into the garden in the new creation. Well, you see those images in the in the tabernacle and in the and temple. Yes, especially those two. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, because that's not the actual reality of the new creation, one, they did not have forgiveness of sins, mm. as w- as is going to be promised of the new covenant. Yep. Right, and so Israel, uh, they they're they're going to fall. They're going to rebel. Uh, they don't have the circumcision of the heart in order to obey God fully, so they get exiled again to Babylon. When the remnant returns, there is no baptism. There's no passing through the waters, none of that. And so in Mark 1, whenever Mark is talking about John baptizing in the wilderness, this is 1 and uh, verse 4, it says, and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So this is already the baptism of John is something spiritual that the others were not, only shadows of. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him. Now, this is probably exaggerative language. Everyone in Jerusalem, all the people in Judea, they're going to be baptized. But why is Mark using exaggerative language? Because Israel needs to be baptized. They have not returned from exile. They're still in exile. And that's the whole point of God permitting demonic activity at that high of a concentration in Israel is that to teach them that, yes, they're still in exile, but not to the Babylonians, mm. but to their sin and to demons That's and right. to Satan. And so Christ comes... Something to, much greater than the Babylonians. Absolutely. And so, hold so now we already have an and elevated right. uh, anticipation of the new creation, the, the true baptism. Jesus comes to identify as, as the true... Adam, the true Israel, and so he... True humanity. Yes, true humanity. So so he gets baptized, identifying with Israel, and then he's going to go immediately into the the wilderness to defeat Satan where Adam didn't, where Israel didn't. And so he casts out demons. He's the one bringing true, uh, the the true reconciliation, return from exile, not exile from Babylon. Right, it's the inauguration of the kingdom, but also bringing humanity back into the garden. 
This one's associated with forgiveness of sins. This one Keep, is go into the new covenant. Oh man, go this ahead, is good. Because you're fired up. No, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stop it there. <laughs> Do you have any of those floaties I could put on my arms because I think I'm drowning? No, man, it's just oh my god. Uh, now, a life preserver? Could you throw a man a life preserver? What, what does this mean though? I'm gonna, uh, I'm wrapping what? it up. I'm wrapping. It up. I'm just no, getting so excited, man. It is. It is so exciting. I'm wrapping it up. Check whenever whenever Christ tells us to. Uh, baptize. Now, what are we proclaiming? We're proclaiming that exile is over. Mm-hmm. Exile from God for you is now over. Right. He's bringing you back into the garden. Yeah. And that's what your baptism, yes, it's a sign you're part of the new covenant community, but what does that mean? Exile for you is over. That's right. He's led a, a host of captives free. Free. Headed back to the new Eden. Oh, and man. And so it's already began. It's begun, begun. Excuse me. In our hearts with the new creation and regeneration. And that's what you've referenced in Jeremiah yeah. 31. Yeah. Now take over. Speaks to this. He, yeah. he, he's looking to those days. But behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, Jeremiah 31, 31, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant I made with their fathers right. on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. There's a new exodus coming. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel, that after those days, declares the Lord, I will put my law within them. Mm-hmm. I will write it on their hearts. I will, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more, which should get us pretty Amen. fired up. Amen. And this is, this is fulfilled in the person of Christ. This is, this is why baptism now is, um, is for every believer, every Christian, everyone who places their faith um, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that's and true of them now. That is true of yeah. them. And so uh, what is needed is not in, in the old covenant being born and in Israel, being born into the covenant. Uh, we need a rebirth. We need that's a new right. heart. We need our hearts uh, taken out the heart of stone and given a heart of flesh that can beat for the Lord. And, um, and God does this through the gospel Amen. of Christ. And so... Uh, Jesus then, as you've already alluded to in Matthew, you know, he, he sets for us also the example of being baptized. He didn't need to be baptized. Right? He was righteous, but he sets for us an example. He's, and there's so much more going on to that. That's what you got, got you fired up, sure. which it should have us all fired up, and it does. My blood's pumping pretty good now. But it's multifaceted, we, though. There's yeah. so many. It, it's, uh, you know, and that, you know, God's Word Everything in redemptive history, when we're talking about just the ordinance of baptism, which is so important in the local church, it, it, there's a, there is a bigger picture being demonstrated when we baptize someone, when we participated in baptism, than I think we're able to see. And as we grow in, in God's Word and understanding baptism, we begin, to, we begin to get glimpses of the different facets right. of what it's pointing to and, and the reality of who we are now uh, in Christ um, and, and, and where we're headed. Um, and so this, this also, you think about just biblical warrant, you know, you think about the Great Commission. Right. As you go to Matthew 28, uh, which I quote a ton, uh, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teaching them all that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you even to the end of the age. And so what you have, you have these, uh, you have elements within the Great Commission of, or the elements in giving and making a disciple is, number one, you got to preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. And then when people, when the gospel is preached and people respond in faith in what Christ has done, they're baptized. And so baptism uh, comes after uh, confession and repentance of sins. And then you teach them to do everything Jesus commanded. And so all those who become disciples are then baptized. The, 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 there's no category in the New Testament for a believer, a Christian, who is, who is not baptized. Uh, right. There is no category for that. And so um, I, I love what a guy named Bobby Jameson um, he, he writes this and, and just expands as you think through more in the in the New Testament of of Peter uh, in uh, in Acts two in the birth of the church you know people embrace the gospel after the gospel is preached and they're baptized three thousand of them are baptized uh, in the name of Christ and so um, you think you think of the rest of Romans six which you've alluded to. And in Galatians, Paul assures the Galatians that they're all sons of God through faith in Christ. And then explains, for as many of you as been baptized in Christ have put on Christ. Look at my Bible. You got my verse. Did I steal that? I think you did. Yeah, you snagged it. You did. Okay. Well, I hate when that happens. Sorry. I should have shared with you. There's other preachers. There's other. I mean, you look in (laughs) Corinthians, Colossians. So it is a... uh, I mean, the biblical warrant is overwhelming. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't read the New Testament and understanding uh, the New Covenant and say, "Well, I'm a Christian, but I don't need to be baptized." Mm-hmm. You know, for whatever fear it may be. Uh, no, it's, it's the first step of obedience to the Lord, and it's it's it's. You know, as we look at our culture today, um, I, I think the issue here of baptism is is both. At one time, at one place, uh, the most abused, and in another place, the most neglected. Uh, I, I've heard people say that today there is the largest percentage of professed Christ followers unbaptized than there's ever been. But then, on the other hand, we see examples where we make baptism not the beginning but the end, mm-hmm. and so you have these mass baptisms where everybody gets a t-shirt and a video but there's not any expectation of discipleship or these people having truly repented and made a profession of faith and mm-hmm. they're you know as as uh, as John the Baptist said you know they need to have some fruit mm-hmm. uh, meat mm-hmm. for repentance and and so we have the extreme where we see and this is in our denomination as Baptist mm-hmm. I mean we we've gone through times where the only spiritual marker there was was how many did you baptize. Mm-hmm. The church that baptizes the most, that's the church that the convention puts up on the pedestal. And, and it, it sees baptism as the end and the goal. And once you get them in the water, and that is not at all. Baptism right. is the door in, not yeah. the end reason. You know. And so when, when we don't take the Great Commission and we don't make disciples and we're not teaching them, we are not following the biblical mandate mm-hmm. that God has given to the church. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so baptism is a way of confessing, we can say, confessing our faith. Mm-hmm. And when you confess your faith, it strengthens your faith. 
<laughs> uh, in in your trust and dependence upon Christ and His Word, and so thinking through the implications. Of well, baptism. going back to the to the two ordinances in the early church, that's how you knew who was in and who was not. That's right. right. Yeah. I mean, first and of we'll all, talk, next week we'll talk the, about the, the baptism the Lord's right. brought you in to the faith family, and the ongoing observance of the Lord's Supper meant you were in community and in fellowship. Mm -hmm. right. And when they brought church discipline again against you and turned you as an unbeliever, mm -hmm. then the, no you were longer, withheld from you the withheld table. from the table. Right. That's right. Yeah. So. That's right. Well, what are some implications um, for for? Believers' well, baptism. Kind of what Tony was getting at there. Why would you not want to be baptized if you're a believer? And I, I know that there are believers out there. Uh, there, there are some even in our own fold who, right. who profess faith right. in Christ but have not. Man, I would be knocking on your door right. if you were my pastor. Baptize me, right? right? right. And um, I mean, this is this is declaring the exile's over for me. I'm no longer. Uh, in exile, I'm, I'm now brought into the new creation, which has begun in my heart, and it's going to finish uh, when Christ returns, gives me a new body, and then I'm going to uh, dwell in the kingdom of God before his, his, his face. And I get to tell people that yeah. and in a very yeah. beautiful and symbolic way where it's I show tied. them I'm united to Christ. So it's tied in with our glorification. It's it is. In beginning steps of our yeah. glorification, just thinking about thinking Well, about and, and if it, if again, if it is the, the initiatory act of obedience, which is indicating a life of obedience, mm -hmm. you know, uh, we, we're never uh, more in the will of God by disobeying a command than we are by obeying it. Mm -hmm. he, he commands us, mm -hmm. you know, to yeah. be baptized. Right. And so anytime that we're <clears throat> disobeying a command, then, then that's sin. There's that, a problem. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you said there's no, you know, the, the thief on the cross, <clears throat> had he been able to come down from the cross... Surely he would have. Been he, he would have. Been he would have baptized. baptized. Yeah. yeah. So it just shows that it's not necessary for right. salvation. Right. But and it's an act it's, of obedience. Now, well, it's here, declaring. It, it's declaring. It's, it's it, part of your witness. But but here, here's the thing. We were talking about this in our college guy study last night. And how is it there, to be done? But go ahead. Right. There are like, many people, and I think the the reason why there are so many who profess faith and who are not baptized is because there are many people who want all the benefits of Christ. Mm -hmm. Without the commitment mm -hmm. and without yeah. the obedience, well, we and so out. why would you even we take that first step? Why, yeah. why bring why bring myself yeah. into biblical community where there's accountability, mm -hmm. where there's expectations, where I'm there's have no to intention of leaving my sin behind? Right. Well, therefore, that's fruit of not being a believer. Yeah, right. Right. I would agree. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. Well, about you, you know, we've come to the point. Uh, you guys covered it. Well. I guess I mean, we. <clears throat> do you have uh, any other practical implications, Pastor Tony? Well, just just again that that when when John the Baptist was baptizing, he said, "There is one among you who will baptize you not with I'm baptizing with water, mm -hmm. right. but there's one who's going to come who will baptize you with spirit and with fire." Amen. And so when I when I'm thinking about baptism, I, I'm thinking about uh, the the water, the physical, the visible, but. That is, again, reflective of something that has already happened Amen. at the moment of conversion, and that is that the Spirit of God has baptized you into Christ. Right. And when Paul talks about baptism, man, the prepositional phrases are everywhere, through Christ, in Christ, you know. Uh, the, the baptism 
uh, by water is, is something that just visibly represents what's already happened spiritually mm-hmm. in a person's life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's why we can say that baptism of the Spirit creates a 100% pure church, the right. invisible church, mm-hmm. which people are baptized by the Spirit into, there, there are no false conversions. Amen. That's right. Amen. But, but the visible church who's exercising a visible water baptism based upon people's testimony <clears throat> will always be impure. I almost jumped the gun, so I appreciate you sharing that. But no podcast would be complete without without a historical example from Pastor TJ. Yeah, man. Well, um, I have been taking a more biographical approach. I would like approach. to know something. Why? Since I'm the most historical at the table, <laughs> why do I not get to do the historical stuff? Hey, why does the youngest that is guy... Probably young- something we can discuss off podcast. The youngest podcast. guy at the table yeah. always brings the historical... You seem to be a bit bitter about that. A little bit. Hey, man, neither you nor I lived in this day. Okay, so you have no better right to claim this stuff than me. Uh, it I is have, our history is ours in Christ. Especially uh, yeah. what the Lord has given us here. Yep. Anything that's beneficial. Huh? It's His story. It's it His is. story. It is His story. Well, anything that's beneficial for life and godliness is is for us <laughs> believers. And I have been taking a biographical approach the past. Uh, for podcasts, but I want to take a more historical. So we're not going to the King of Franks, or we're not going to go to Charlemagne Norma, or any Norma, of those guys. Norma, Norma, nope. Norma, Norma. Nope. I'm going to we, try to steer away from things. You that threw a curveball at me last I episode. I You're going to use Latin. Please let us know ahead of time. I will. Warning. But it was good. Warning. Yeah, it was good. I'm taking a more historical theological approach since we're talking about a doctrine um, of baptism here. Um, and the early church, the church fathers era, so the guys that the disciples and the apostles discipled from then on through, uh, a, a, yeah, like Polycarp and um, and then those after them all the way up John to Piper. about, no, John Piper. Oh, the, no. He, he is an older guy. <laughs> uh, he's pretty old. John but, MacArthur? <laughs> John MacArthur? He said John Piper. I know, but MacArthur's even yeah, older. He, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah he might be, actually. I think he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's been pa- preaching for Pastor sixty Tony? plus years. Yeah, you're not. I'm up you're there. not. Yeah, you're not up there with him. No, though. I'm just a young guy. Yeah. <laughs> so from uh, the the disciples of the disciples <laughs> to the fall of Rome, that's the church fathers' era, rough roughly, and uh, their understanding of baptism. Be church grandfathers <laughs> or great grandfathers. <laughs> with each generation, we have to add a great. I don't know if we want to go down that path. <laughs> mm. But their understanding of baptism for us. So that, that we know that believer's baptism is the teaching of the apostles. First, uh, with a, a letter or a work called the Didache in the first century. So the, the tradition is that this is the teaching, which Didache means teaching, teaching of the apostles. It's uh, the, the oldest. It's, it's the oldest, oldest work yes. outside of the New Testament that right. we have because it's even within the first century. As an order of worship. It does, and it, has, it says how you are to baptize. Yeah. So it says, and concerning baptism, baptize this way. How helpful is that, That's right? pretty right. helpful. Yeah. Having first said all these things, baptize into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit in living water. So right. living water is... Like flowing water that's water. flowing or running. So right. uh, if you have access to a stream right. or, or a lake or something. So obviously we're talking about immersion here. Right. 
living water. But if you have not living water, baptize into other water. So like still water. And if you can, if you cannot in cold, then in warm. So for whatever reason, <laughs> cold water was preferred. Yeah, it makes you repent more. I'm sure it does. Yeah, I'm sure it makes you, you do a lot of things more. come up with more. a different look on your yeah. face. Um, but if you have not either, then pour out, pour out water thrice upon the head in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. But before the baptism, let the baptizer fast and then be baptized, and what, whatever others can. But you shall order the baptism to fast one or two days before. Wow. So, um, there, there was a practice We've here. Never carried that out. No, no. man. No, uh, we eat good before. We, we, us Baptists, <laughs> we need to return to this probably. Yeah. Christians for our own health and, and safety. Yeah. But um, you're to fast two or three days before, and then bapti- baptized in a, preferably the ideal is cold running water. Yeah. Now, a mountain stream would be mountain streams perfect, or the Jordan, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you've been in the Jordan. It was you cold. said it's cold. It's very cold. Now, there was, like I said, like today, there's a confusion of the sign and the reality. Mm-hmm. Many people had viewed baptism as washing away of sins committed. Right. Okay? Sure. That's a confusion of the sign and reality. And the church, we're limited. And we're, in Judaism. In Judaism, they, they, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you see that in Justin Martyr, right? So that's the earliest confusion. Um, but whenever Cyprian comes along, and he dies in 258, okay, whenever Cyprian comes along, he's advocating baptizing infants. Now, here's how this is new and not connected with the apostolic tradition. Justin Martyr and Tertullian teach against it as novel teaching. So it's something new that right. comes happened. about in the, in the history of the no church. no example at all. In the None before that. No. And the reason why he goes to that is because he says, no, baptism isn't a washing away of sins committed. It's washing away of our sin nature. And so now, whereas before, now let me wait a while before I'm baptized. Let me get some more sin out of me, you know, mm-hmm. and then I'll be baptized, wash away my sins. Now it's like, okay, as soon as the baby can uh, be fine to be baptized, mm-hmm. we're going to get rid of that sin nature. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's why pedo-baptism first came. Now and, then, and then also, that's why we'll give you a baptism right before you die. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's another thing today, yeah. too. Last right. So, um, but... If baptism is a sign of the new covenant, probably wouldn't dip then, right before death. <laughs> Most likely, right? <laughs> Most likely not. Yeah, probably not. Probably hard to be dipped. Probably going to probably a sprinkle or yeah, a pour. Yeah, probably yeah. pour three times. Maybe be how they killed them. But yeah, right. But if baptism is a sign of the new covenant, you steer clear of those errors. <laughs> there is a work, and I'm going to close with this, mm. um, by Hippolytus of Rome. Good He's early. That, that's that name you said you were going to name your son. No, it's not. Hippolytus. No, that no, sounds like something awful. <laughs> yeah. It does. It sounds like a condition. Got an it does a condition. A what? An antibiotic for that. Yeah, that's that why you don't see it anymore. Hippolytus. Yeah. That's got, like we've, some we've type got rid of, of head that. fungus you got to wash out with some medicated shampoo or something. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, this guy's early. He was born around 170 and died in 235. So he's before uh, Tertullian. Um, but after Justin Martyr. And he said a new convert must be a catechumen. There's the big word. I forgot to warn you. I'm sorry. He must be a catechumen for three years before receiving baptism. It's not a blood thinner. (laughs) That's a cumulative. (laughs) (laughs) That that sounds sad. Maybe it was where it come from. I I highly doubt it. (laughs) So a catechumen is someone who was... Who had been catechized okay. for three? That sounds like punishment too. 
Cats. But you right. recite scripture, you learn scripture, you memorize scripture and teaching for three years right. Right. before you're baptized. Now, this is why I, I argue this is evidence for the early church understanding baptism as a sign of the new covenant. Mm-hmm. What's the purpose of this? One, uh, infants would not fall in this category, mm-hmm. right? So there's no pedo baptism. Right. What does catechizing for three years achieve? One, it demonstrates you're a believer in two ways. You're able to know spiritual truth mm-hmm. after three years. Right, and that's evidence and of the you spirit. Persevered. And you persevered. Right. The two evidences that you are a believer. So the early church is making sure by this practice that they're only baptizing believers as much as they uh, can possibly do so. That's yeah. a, that's great, man. Yep. Because what is important is the purity of the church. That's right. We're we're a demonstration to the communities we're we're in as the local church of uh, of God's goodness and His grace. Amen. And. Um, and so that needs to be protected, and there's a lack. Agree, there's a lack the, of there's, that. There's there's a real problem uh, biblically with that understanding. Is that many examples in the scripture, the Ethiopian eunuch for one. Yeah. Here yeah. is water. What, what hinders what me hinders from me. being baptized? Yeah, yeah. I'm not advocating yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. But they wanted to protect. They wanted to protect. Right. That's I what it, I think. Yeah. That was the heart behind it. Right. Or the motive. Yeah. And so I think it. I think the intent. And the intent that the church today should have is to sit down with people to hear yes. their conversion story. Well, that's to, the loving to, thing to do. Like right. that's the biblical and, and, thing to do as well. But to withhold baptism until they've gone through a three-year class or whatever. Sure. You know, I I understand the the reason for that, and that's mm-hmm. that happens in many parts of the world. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I went to South America, and we had you know, 88 people who made a profession of faith that week, but were talking with the pastor, those people were not going to be baptized until the evidence and the fruit had come along to Mm -hmm. demonstrate that they genuinely were born again. And I understand the intent behind that, but I'm saying from the biblical uh, instruction and narrative, um, I think we ought to intend to know that they're a believer by their profession. As soon as possible. As soon as possible and, and follow through with baptism and then do the discipling and the instructing and the training. Because even you go through, we know this, I mean, there, there are denominations that have those kind of standards. You've got to go through these classes. Yeah. That doesn't guarantee. No, it doesn't. Three years of catechism, yep. you can still have a dead heart. Yeah. Yep. So there is no way to, to safeguard uh, and so to follow the biblical model, you know, again, I think is believe and be baptized, be immersed, uh, have a, a regenerate heart indicated. Um, and, and beyond that, we, we've got to just trust, trust God. Yeah, with Amen. the belief, yeah. right. as we all would agree, is confession. Yeah. There is a confession yeah. that Jesus is Lord. Yeah. When we do harm, I think, is when we oh. see baptism as the goal. Sure. And and as the church, once we baptize them, end, we're, good. we're not we're not we're going to report how many we baptize. You're in. And we're not discipling them. Mm, we're not sure. helping them grow in the grace. And to to be a fruitful, mature, reproducing believer, you know that that again is the work of the whole body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you know? exactly right. Well, man, it's been wow. a good discussion. Yeah, yeah, uh, I knew this one was going to be great. I, I've Thank been you. drowning. I need a life preserver. <laughs> Here's some floaties? Oh, it's baptism by him. It is. It's not easy being cheesy, is it? No. It's, <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's hard being, you know, uh, the slowest guy at the table. No, no. You know, I am a, the C-minus guy here. <laughs> that is no doubt. So, 
Um, yeah. But it is, it is. When you get old, good. you have forgotten most of what you ever learned. <laughs> well, <clears throat> thanks for joining us. Uh, next time, episode six, we're going to talk about the Lord's Supper. Amen. Uh, the second ordinance of the Transubstantiation? church. Transubstantiation? Uh, you can dive can you all that? into that if you want okay, to. I just but uh, I don't like it on my steak. But anywho, uh, join us next time. Until then, God bless, and I will we'll, uh, we'll be talking to you. Then.